time for Taking Care of Business on Midlands 103. With thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business. Midlands 103. Hello and a very good evening to you all. It's Tuesday the 6th of June. I'm Ronan Berry and you're very welcome for Taking Care of Business here on Midlands 103. The sunshine continues. The business mood around the region is rising as well. Some great stories coming up for you this evening, including Kalukan designer Tom Levy took home yet another award from Board B at Bloom this weekend. He got a silver gilt medal for his Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the musical garden. Uh, fantastic piece if you manage to see it there. Tom will be along a little bit later to tell us all about that design, the gardens and you know, his or his business there, uh, Levy Landscaping. Also, the Leaving Cert, as you know, starts tomorrow morning. You just heard it on the news there. And again, for over 61,000 people sitting the Leaving Cert directly, and actually for the 131,000 or more students who will sit a state exam tomorrow, it's a big time. There's a lot of pressure on as well. And often we hear it said, what we do in the Leaving Cert, sometimes what we study, we end up in entirely different places from a career perspective. Well, later on, I'm going to pick the brains of three Midlands business people, Colin Donnery from FRS Group, Neve Dooley from BSL and Ray Carlin from Lakeland Kayaks and see what do they remember about when they did their leaving certs, you know, what were they aiming for and aspiring to be back then and where have their careers taken them in subsequent years. They'll also dole out some advice for people who are about to sit the leaving cert over the next couple of weeks and uh, based on their own experience and what they've learned in the intervening years. And did you know landlines will become a thing of the past not in the next 10 years, but in the next two years, what's been termed the big switch off has huge implications for small businesses and indeed for house house homeowners too. That basically by the end of December 2025, landlines will be fully phased out beginning in the UK and following over to here very, very quickly. Sheena Bryan is the CEO of IP Telecom and she'll outline exactly what's happening and what businesses need to do in order to ensure that uh, that does not present problems. And over the last couple of years, we see things like banks closing and accounts changing and the issues it can present for businesses and for you know personal account holders as well. So what is the likely fallout going to be from the big switch off? Find out about that from about half past seven this evening. But first this evening... Um, by the way, if you want to get in touch with me, 083 103 is the text and WhatsApp number. Be delighted to hear from you throughout the now and eight o'clock. But I'm going to go across to Atlone first and picture being on the banks of the Shannon, looking across at Atlone Castle and you're sitting there outside Dead Centre Brewing, having a beautiful pint of craft beer or whatever tipple takes your fancy. It, of course, was founded by Liam Tutty and Liam, if, if anything, is an innovator. He set up the business back in 2017, opened the brew pub in the last couple of years too. It has been a huge success for him, not without his trials and tribulations as any business over the past couple of years will allude to. And actually, Liam was out me a few months back that when price rises were being forced upon many publicans, his company wrote to publicans and said, look, as a local brewer, we can help with this. We can, you know, we don't have to put our prices up like some of the bigger brewers do. Such is their commitment to, you know, the industry, the hospitality sector and indeed their local communities. If you check out their website, deadcenterbrewing.com, it says Dead Centre is not a faceless corporation milking the beer industry for all it's worth. Instead, we're a tight-knit crew that relies on friends, family, colleagues and other breweries to continue or to create a product that we can truly be proud of. So alongside all those beers, They've now also created a craft lemonade. So founder Liam Tutty joins me now. Liam, you never sit still at all, do you? Ah, I think if you're sitting still, you're getting passed out. <laughs> That's always <laughs> little, my approach. Little fear of it with you anyway. Liam, um, why a craft lemonade? After all the years of doing craft beer and opening up your own brew pub with the food and everything else you offer, what kind of brought your, brought your, um, 
your focus towards craft lemonade also? Uh, it was, to, to be honest with you, Ron, it was a craft beer uh, that brought us here. There is a, a very popular German style of beer, particularly in the summer, uh, called a Radler, which for all intents and purposes is, is a shandy. <clears throat> but rather than like in, in Ireland or the UK where you buy a beer and buy a lemonade and mix the two together, a shandy comes pre-mixed, so it, it, it's it's ready to drink. The Radler comes pre-mixed. Um, so we wanted to, to make one of these Radlers, and obviously in order to make a product that's 50% ale and 50% lemonade, you have to have lemonade. So we, we made a lemonade to use in the Rattler. Uh, and it was only after we made the lemonade that we kind of, you know, tasted it as, as a standalone product and went, well, this is this is brilliant. I don't know why this isn't something we're, we're looking at more because we have all the equipment we need. Um, all our existing health and safety, HACCP, everything ties into it. So it was something that was, well, I say it was it was something we could get together very quickly, but at the same time, we spent a long time on recipe development, branding, uh, working with uh, Musgrave on their food academy. So it's taken quite a quite a bit of time uh, to actually get to market, but it was it was something that was born of beer. Did you, but you're, you currently you're, you've stockists all across, the, or you, you have a number of stockists at the minute as well, and it's actually for sale. And you, you've set up a sister company called Irish Craft Soda Company. So big leaps made in in, in a relatively short period of time. Yeah, we have. We, we were lucky. As I, as I mentioned, we are on uh, Food Academy this year with Super Value. So we've got quite a few Super Value listings across the country um, and uh, and probably more so for, you know, in regard volume. Um, we have a distributor in Dublin, <coughs> excuse me, uh, called Taste the View, who, are, who work almost exclusively with smaller artisan, you know, food halls, coffee shops, delis. Um, and they've been having a, a, a great success with the lemonade. So it's, it's really kicked off very strong, very quickly. When it came to actually finalising that recipe, what kind of key things were you looking for? No doubt you wanted to be as pure as possible. So what are we looking at from a point of view of, say, ingredients and, and I suppose that final taste that people will experience? Yeah, again, it's really, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. Uh, it's really it kind of uh, harps back to, to the way that we brew as well. Um, so although, yes, Dead Centre is a brewery and we brew craft beer, we're, we're all about in that business about using the best ingredients and as few ingredients as possible. Less is more, I think, when it comes to brewing. And I think the same is true of, of the soda. So <clears throat> we made it with um, four natural ingredients. So it's water, sugar, lemon juice and some citric acid just to balance out the sweetness. Um, and that's it. So it's very close to a kind of a, an old school lemonade stand soda, more than you know one of the and they of course they all have their place, but one of the newer sodas with maybe you know twenty ingredients and fifteen of them you need to be some kind of chemist to pronounce. You know, it's a very simple, very straightforward drink. Absolutely, and of course you have plans though to to expand the range of of drinks you're producing. We do. We actually have a, an agreement in place with with Musgrave, um, so we'll have an extra two flavors on the market uh, within six months. Um, I want to add a fourth to that before the end of the year, so we'll have four by the end of the year. And then I want to um, <clears throat> really look at you know seasonal local produce as well. So, for example, when elderflower is in season, you know, can we make a, a sparkling elderflower? And um, you know, when the strawberries, as they already have, actually start to pop up. From Wexford, can we do a strawberry soda? You know, a sparkling apple a little bit later in the year. So there's lots of ingredients that are all around us that can be used in the in the soda, and I think make 
make a really, really strong product. Absolutely, with the kind of rowing back of cutting hedgerows in the last number of years, the amount of elderflower alone visible around the country at the minute is, is staggering. You know, we didn't see it five years ago, but there's a, there's a huge amount of it too. And I think people probably will get their eyes open to the potential with those. I mean, they're probably using it in, in gins. You know, it's not coming from your place, but they're, they're using it probably already. So why not have a, a really local brewed version of it? But Lima, it sounds fantastic as well. And it, it's fantastic to hear that kind of, you know, the effort continues and the, resource, the resourcefulness and, and the entrepreneurial spirit is continuing there how has business been overall i'm sure you're enjoying the hot weather yeah it's been it's been great it was a it was a, a very very slow start to the year i think there was a lot of uncertainty i'm not sure if people were you know still maybe a, a little bit nervous about the potential for you know a, a, a really difficult summer with regard cost increases cost of living um but no people seem to have have certainly settled into the year which is great and um, it feels a little bit like like from Patrick's Day. It kind of feels like somebody has flicked a switch. And then obviously, uh, yeah, the weather is is definitely not hurting at the moment. It's it's good for beer sales. It's good for soda sales. It's uh, it's hard to it's hard to find a downside to it. To be honest. Great stuff, you know. And look, there's so many downsides about every business we could talk about. But I think again, with yourself, it's great to see that that you know the initiative that you're looking at there continuing as well and and developing the dead center brand and now the new soda brands too, along with the beer cloud and all that. So anyway, Liam, all I can do is wish you continued success with everything you're doing, and certainly looking forward to seeing all those sodas available on the shop sell- shelves in the coming months. Uh, well done, and talk to you again shortly. Brilliant, Ronan. Thank you. And that's Liam Tutty there, the founder of Dead Centre Brewing in Athlone. Um, as I say, what a lovely place it would be to be sitting there on the banks of the Shannon this evening, looking across at the castle, sampling one of those craft beers, or now as available, a craft lemonade, and soon to be followed by other craft sodas as well. Great work from another fantastic Midlands business. Time now for a short break. After that, we're going to meet Tom Levy. He's a landscape gardener, but no ordinary landscape gardener. He's taken yet another medal home from bloom over the past weekend this time for his Charlie and the Chocolate Factory the musical garden exhibition um, that he designed so Tom's going to join me after the break to tell us all about that and indeed about their business Levy Landscaping talk to you very shortly Taking care of business with thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmead find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business Still to come this evening, the big switch off, how it will affect your business, because from the end of 2025, it looks like landlines will become a thing of the past. So what does your business need to do in order to mitigate that? I think the time to start is probably now. So Sheena, Sheena Bryan from IP Telecom will outline exactly what you need to be doing at around half past seven. And after that, we're going to look at the leaving cert and get some advice from some business sages from around the Midlands about, you know, talk about their recollections of doing the Leave Insert and what they learned from the time and what advice they would give to all of you who would be sitting the Leave Insert tomorrow as they look back and reflect on that period. But before we get to that, I'm going to go across to Kaluka now. I'm delighted to be joined by Tom Levy. And Tom founded Levy Landscaping back in 2009 and their aim was to offer and provide high quality landscaping services with the client at the very heart of everything they do. And that spirit and those values continue right to the day. That and much, much more. You can check them out on levylandscaping.ie. But actually, Tom was awarded a silver gilt medal at Bloom over the weekend as well for his work and design of a garden sponsored by Borgosh Energy Theatre. It was Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the musical garden. And delighted to say, Tom joins me now from what has been an extremely busy weekend. But Tom, I suppose, firstly, congratulations on, on yet another award for you at Bloom. 
Uh, thanks, Ronan. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me on the show. No, it's an, it's an absolute yeah. pleasure. And I know when I texted you yesterday, you were probably um, up to your eyes in terms of, you know, the final day of Bloom and that. But I suppose, firstly, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, straight away, we think of just pure magical. We think to the movies as well. And even the soundtrack begins to play in your head as well. And you've kind of, I, I guess, reflected that in the musical garden. How did the idea first come? And indeed, why did you choose Charlie and the Chocolate Factory to begin with? Uh, so I, I would have worked with uh, the sponsor of the garden on on, on previous gardens uh, in Bloom. So the sponsor, Borgosh Energy Theater, uh, they they came to me maybe this time last year after Bloom last year, and they said, you know, we might have another uh, garden in the pipeline if you're interested in working with us. And when I heard Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, I was uh, I started getting a bit excited. Uh, it is. Uh, you know, there's not many briefs in 20 years landscaping. There's not many times you're going to get an opportunity to have a bit of kind of fun in the same extent, uh, you know, making... We we go to the umplumpas for the garden and we have, you know, chocolate river and the dyed, dyed, dyed water and all sorts of things that you'd never normally get to do. So I was fairly inspired when, when the brief came to, to us first. Uh, so it was uh, it was a great one to, to get put in our lap anyway. Yeah, I can just imagine the excitement. But sustainability, wellness and holistic living are they're at the core of everything you do. And you've tried to reflect those values in it. Like, And you're, t- you're even down to things like edible plants, um, you know, again, yeah. inspired by Willy Wonka. What kind of plants did you use there? And, and what was your thinking behind incorporating them in the design? Yeah, well, I suppose uh, you know we we have the, the chocolate and the sweets from the from the film and from the book, and you know, and I will be into growing my own veggies here at home, McLuhan, and I'd be into kind of you know maybe trying to inspire and share that with people as well. And you know, when when you're doing a, a musical garden or you know something, you know it's for the teaser and it's. Uh, uh, you get to you get to have the fun and the theatrics in the garden, but I did want to insert a subtle uh, kind of uh, you know message in there too that yeah, we can you know people come in and admire the garden all weekend and hopefully everybody else looked well and the planting scheme was uh, you know comes on and people thought it looked well, but all the planting as well as looking aesthetically well, all this planting has had you know a function. And, and, and not just looking well. Uh, most of the plants, uh, you know, from wheat apples, pears, raspberries, blackberries, black currants, uh, gooseberry bushes in there, rosemary, thyme, cabbages, kales, all, you know, there was uh, maybe about 70 varieties of both herbs and uh, vegetables and, and trees and nuts and, and uh, plants in the, in the garden. So, to to for people, you know, trying to to you, you know just share a little bit with people, and the message might have got lost a little bit because of the theatrics and the the, the style of the garden. But it is something that I am interested in, and I'm glad you know I'm glad you brought it up. And lots of the media did did bring it up along the way that the the planting scheme is edible and it is something people can take from the garden that you can have. Uh, you know, food production going on in your back garden or your front garden in a, in a suburban or rural area, wherever you are, and it can look well as well as function to give you food uh, and medicine. Because a lot of the, the, the plants that we're using in the garden 
would have traditional uses for for uh, for medicine. And we had, uh, you know, we, we had hundred thousand people go through bloom, or, 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 or even more. And uh, I had quite a few nettles grown in the garden, which uh, nettles are, you know, uh, they're a bit of a wonder food. They're springtime tonic, uh, good for blood, liver, kidneys, uh, and a lot more even. The roof can be used for hair loss, but uh, (laughs) you had had lots of people coming up and being like, you know, having a poke, having a poke, and me being like, oh, we'll get the roundup out of them and this sort that's, of thing. And, and that's you know, it, yeah. people did yeah. get the message. Yeah, that's it. and funny enough, I've had a kind of a, no, not in that, not in a very kind of a technical nature, but even a discussion with my sons lately, because there was something in the paper recently about the, the value of nettles in terms of both from a biodiversity perspective, but also from the health benefits. And, and yeah, like that, we were raised that if you saw a nettle, you pulled it or you stamped it out, or as you say, attack it with the round wood. So yeah, and the amount of people that have passed through even your garden there in, in bloom, as you say, over 100,000 people. And raising the awareness of, of you know, how, how different a garden can be, having those edible things, those medicinal plants as well. But when you look outside the plants, was there any other features that you wanted to incorporate? Like, is there a bit of fabrication required for it? And, and what, was your, what was your kind of standout uh, piece from that? Uh, do, yes, we, we spent three weeks fabricating uh, in Clucan before, before uh, we got to, to bloom at all. Uh, you know, we got to Phoenix Park. Uh, which took another three weeks building us and assembling us up there. But uh, uh, probably the most uh, fun would have been some of the, the kind of sculptural pieces. So we we, we were over in Joxley's in Kinnegad and, and, and the local hardware here in Clucan and we were getting copper. And, and I doubt it very much the lads thought it was uh, going to form this copper into candy canes and lollipops and stuff like that now when I was getting it. But... Uh, Probably those elements were the most, because you don't get to do that too often, you know. So, with the help of my some of my colleagues here, uh, big thanks to Ed there, myself and him, we we were sanding and chiseling and chainsawing for for days there. So. It, it was uh, it's it great does, to do that. It does. It sounds amazing, and it doesn't sound like work at all. What happens at actual garden now? Does it get disassembled, or can it be? Can it can it live out for a while as it was, or, or what do you do with it at this point? Unfortunately not. We'll be up there tomorrow morning. We kind of took a, a, a day's grace to, to gather ourselves after after the weekend and the last week. Uh, and we'll be up there tomorrow morning dismantling dismantling the garden. And, like, you know, uh, different different elements will go different directions. Uh, some of the, the planting, they were, believe it or not, we, we dug them up in some of the trees and that were dug up from our own garden in, in winter time here in, in Clucan and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll we'll get them back into the ground uh, and grow them on as well and like so, some of the vegetables and herbs uh, again you know they'll, they'll, they'll go into uh, either some landscaping jobs and to, to friends and families and local schools and that sort of thing uh, Fantastic, yeah. What does getting the Silver Gilt Award, what does it do for your business? I know you've had other awards at Bloom as well, but does it obviously, it raises profile there too. Do you find the phone starts ringing more, you're more, more internet inquiries in the next couple of weeks or months? It'll be interesting. Uh, it, it kinda, I would say it raises awareness and just increases your profile a little bit more. It's, 
uh, many of the designers and the, the builders up in Bloom, they kind of come away saying, well, you, you don't get direct sales. You know, not too many people come up to you at the weekend in Bloom and say, well, I'll take your number here and we'll give you a call on Tuesday. But, you know, because it goes out in the media and I'm talking to people like yourself and like the, the media coverage we got was absolutely phenomenal. So, you, you know, you, you will get down the line that just people have you in their head that you'll get the phone calls in. So it's not necessarily direct sales, but kind of indirectly and, you know, increasing increasing your profile. Uh, but it'd be interesting because it's, it's a bit different of a, of a garden, which in general, you know, 90% of the time with landscaping, you know, we're, we're, we're doing domestic back gardens, really. That's what my company, Levy Landscaping, will be focused on. Uh, I like working with, you know, the domestic uh, clients rather than builders and, and, and that sort of thing. But mo- much of the time you'd be, you know, putting down a, a back garden, you're in paving, hedging, planting. So it'd be interesting to see if, uh, because of the kind of uh, theatrical nature and the creative nature of that garden, do we get any... Uh, kind of more quirky uh, jobs coming in down the line. Yeah, well, look, you've certainly proven that that you can do it and you've got the design capability and the artistic merit as well. And, and look, at no better way of proving that than bringing home the silver medal. But uh, Tom, look, at it's fascinating and it's just wonderful to hear you. The passion just flows out here when you're talking about doing it too. And undoubtedly, I think there's lots more to come and certainly in, in these uh, standout signature gardens at Bloom as well. But for now, Tom, all the very best. Have a few days. I know you have to go back up there tomorrow and disassemble, but celebrate again, oh, enjoy. Yeah, and, yeah. and undoubtedly, I'd say there'll be plenty of people's interest peaked on it. And all the very best to yourself and everybody at Levy Landscape and in the, in the years ahead. Thanks, Tom. Thank you, Rona. Thanks for having me on. That's Tom Levy there of levylandscaping.ie, based in Caloocan, and uh, took home a silver gilt medal from Bloom recently for their Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the musical garden. Sounds amazing, doesn't it? I mean, as, as Tom himself says, when you hear the Chocolate Factory or Willy Wonka, your kind of your mind, your imagination begins to uh, just open up, and you you know all these wonderful thoughts come in. Probably a lot of them linked to the the Gene Wilder film, but uh, imagine seeing that in the garden and being able to bring out that in a garden that you designed and all the plants and choosing the, the features of it. Fantastic thing. Well done to Tom and all his team there and uh, who knows what will come from them next year. Time now for a quick break. After that, find out why landlines will be uh, non-existent from around 2025 and then a little bit later, we'll get some big business brains from around the Midlands and we'll discuss the leave insert about our, you know, speak about our own experiences of it and what advice we can give all of you who are about to start the leave insert tomorrow morning. It's a can be a daunting time but you know what, sometimes when you when you reflect back, when you get to your older years like some of us are, you reflect. You can reflect back on it and maybe there's nuggets of advice that we can give you there to help you uh, take a smooth path through it. That's all coming here on Taking Care of Business. Taking Care of Business. With thanks to the Local Enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. Find us on localenterprise.ie and Let's Talk Business. Still to come, we'll discuss the leaving cert for all of you starting tomorrow with some of the big, some big business personalities from around the Midlands too and get their perspective on what it was like when to do it. We're very interested in discussing discussion in the newsroom earlier actually about when we all sat our leaving cert and God, I was kind of sickened by some of the answers anyway. Um, makes you feel old even though I don't think I'm that old just yet. Anyway, more to come on that a little bit later. Something though to mark your card. As a business owner, um, did you know, have you heard of the big switch off? But basically by the end of December 2025, landlines will be fully phased out, meaning any business and even home phone calls will instead be hosted over internet protocol or IP in the UK at first, with Ireland following soon afterwards as well. It's been dubbed the big switch off and to find out more about this and obviously 
what you need to be looking out for as a business owner in particular. I'm delighted to be joined by Sheena Bryan. And Sheena is the CEO and co-founder of IP Telecom. It was established in 2010 when a group of professionals from the IT and telecom industries decided it was time to see telephony done right. Sheena joins me now. A very good evening, Sheena. Thanks for your time this evening. Um, Will some businesses be very surprised to hear about the big switch off? I think they will be over here. They've been talking about it in the industry for quite a while because uh, Copper's been with us, the ISDN and the old traditional phone lines have been with us since the 1800s, believe it or not. Um, So it is something that um, we have to to look to the future um, and move towards uh, fiber technology and digital technology in order to carry our telephone calls going forward. Um, So it's nothing to be worried about, really, because what's happening is the telecommunications companies are migrating their own phone, the phone lines, the copper phone lines that are in the ground to bro- overcross broadband, um, and everybody's knowing about gigabit broadband is is pretty much ubiquitous now throughout the country. Um, hopefully, in some in some areas you're using using wireless technology like 5G, um, and the the technology that I'm talking about is the voice over IP, which means you use you use a telephone line across your your broadband connectivity and allows you to make phone calls the same as you would have done with the the old traditional copper lines. Absolutely, yeah, there's been a bit of a change even in the station here in the last couple of weeks too. So, like, it all still looks the very same. It's the old-fashioned telephone, the handset, etc. But just how the call is being managed and delivered is quite different as well. But what does it mean for SMEs? And really, what should companies be doing to make sure that they're preparing as both, maybe not just trust that the providers have it all in hand? What, what should companies be focusing on to ensure that it's a smooth transition for them? So, so the first thing I would ask them to do really is to contact companies like our, like our own, like IP Telecom, to have a conversation with our guys um, we're all very up to, up to speed. I mean, as you said earlier on, we started the company back in 2010, and it was a very much an education piece because people, a lot of people were still, weren't even thinking about the big switch off back then. And we were explaining to, to customers, you know, we're very expert, we're experts at this about being able to explain to customers how um, this is not going to change what they're doing. But the, the idea is to is to arm yourself with as much information as you possibly can, so that you actually know what you're talking about and who you're talking talking to, so that you get the best operator to do your solution for you. Um, but basically, it means you can, from a cost perspective, you're not going to be paying for individual phone lines anymore. You're just going to have to pay for your, your broadband, which I guess every, every business in Ireland already has, and make sure it's a decent speed. And you're going to um, either use an on-prem solution, which will allow you to connect via IP directly from your PBX, which you already have. Um, but it might it might actually need a bit of upgrading. But or you could use a solution that IP Telecom provide, which is actually uh, we've got a data solution in the cloud, which allows you to connect via your broadband line um, using using the new technology VoIP across um, the hosted PBX. So it's 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 just about getting yourself ready for the switch, so that when you, when it does happen, you're not actually going to be um, behind the, behind the curve, if you like, and you have an opportunity to understand exactly what you're doing. And again, it's the cost savings more than anything else. You're you're going to be paying at the moment. You're probably paying about 30 euros per ISDN line, and you're going to be using your phone line across your broadband line, which you're already paying for. So it's it's a it's a really good good step. Is it fair to say then if we look at you know things being migrated onto the cloud as well, that opens up some other advantages for companies too, I mean, in terms of almost the data behind the calls to maybe following leads and looking at, at how and when customers or you know, suppliers or other stakeholders are engaging with your company? Absolutely. So IP Telecom provide integrated solutions with, um, with various analytic data behind it. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So, uh, for instance, you could have a small call center or even a large call center, and be able to tell when your when your um, when your customers are calling in, where they're coming from, the demographic they're calling from, and get all kinds of reporting. So it'll actually allow you to reach out to them and produce a, a better service for them. <clears throat> and I guess I guess the key thing here is to make sure that um, you you know going back to I sorry 
just as to say that, you know, like during the COVID times, I want to talk about the, the bad stuff that happened, <laughs> but everybody was, was, was actually relocating to work hybrid. And, and these VoIP solutions actually support that kind of connectivity. So it doesn't really matter where you are in the country, you can still be managed using these, these, uh, the reporting tools that IP Telecom can provide. Um, and you can still be managed and your, your managers can have total visibility of the inbound and outbound calls that are being made and produce reports irrespective of where you are. And like that, a lot, a lot of companies would have, if they hadn't done beforehand, certainly in the last number of years, then as a kind of a post pandemic thing, would have begun looking at things like, you know, CRM packages and integrating it with teams. Of so I guess all these things are probably, they can all integrate with each other, can they, and speak to each other too and, and extrapolate that data that business managers might be looking for. Absolutely. Like I'm talking to you today actually on Teams. So my call comes through um, to, my, to myself on my landline, but where, depending on where I am, I, we have a Teams integration, but we also have various other apps. It doesn't have to be the Microsoft product. <coughs> Excuse me. So um, yeah, it doesn't really matter where you are. And let's say there's various other, other integrations as well, depending on, on whether you have you know, a Zoho CRM or Salesforce CRM, our system will integrate with that and give you statistics and call recording and record the, the data that you're actually recording on your call center. When we speak of that deadline of December 2025, how uh, hard and fast is that deadline? Because a lot of Irish people like to say there's a deadline, there'll probably be about a two or three year grace period, then another five after that. Uh, how, how hard and fast will this be? Like, you know, and again, if somebody maybe is sluggish to react to this and maybe not look into it from their own business perspective, what kind of difficulties might they face then? Well, I generally, I, I'm, I can't be very more clear on this really. It's time to start looking at a solution now because what's going to happen is um, <clears throat> the hard and fast shutoff is probably, you know, it's not going to be as, as, as severe. However, you could happen to be in an area of the country where your, your copper in the ground, which is what these old traditional phone lines have been delivered out, is degrading. And what will happen is these carriers who are responsible for maintaining these will not maintain the, the, the PSTN line. So if something fails... Um, they won't replace it. So your only option will actually be to move to VoIP. So um, so really, it's, it, now is the time to start start looking. Absolutely. Well, there you heard it as well. As I said, this is, this is coming. And uh, 2025, whilst on one side, it sounds like it's quite a while away. It's actually not, since we're halfway through 2023 already. So I think, as you say, no time like the present to begin that. If you want to find out more about Sheena's company, iptelecom.ie is the, is the web address. And uh, certainly all those various uh, services that Sheena's spoken about there, maybe there's something your business can use there. But for now, Sheena Bryan, CEO and co-founder of IP, IP Telecom, thank you so much for that. And I think that will serve as a, a nice little heads up and a warning to many business owners around the Midlands. Bye-bye now, thank you. That's it. So there you go. There you go. Have you, did you, the big switch off. If you've got a business, did you know your landline is effectively going to be obsolete within, within about 18 months' time as well? Just make sure you have got the right mitigation steps in there. You're engaging with your providers and you know exactly what's ahead of you. As I say, it doesn't change a whole lot for maybe the people using the phone system, but how that phone system operates, how it works and how you receive and take calls will be entirely differently. As Sheena just said there, I rang her from the phone here in the studio well, actually, she's talking to me through Microsoft Teams. And that's that level of integration and that smooth integration that many businesses will look for and then reap the benefits of. So check them out, iptelecom.ie. Now for a quick break after that. If you're studying for the Leave Insert or someone in your house studying for the Leave Insert, maybe grab them for a few minutes there because I've got some business people coming in and we're going to just reminisce and talk about our time doing the Leave Insert, what we learned back then and indeed what we didn't learn and uh, dole out any advice that we might have for everybody beginning to leave insert with English Paper 1 in the morning. Talk to you very shortly. Taking care of business. With thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmead. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business. Tomorrow morning, about 61,000 students will sit the leaving cert beginning with English Paper 2. 
And just in my head this morning, I was thinking, you know, when did I do mine? And uh, believe it or not, it was 25 years ago. And sometimes that seems like a long time ago, but actually it seems like it's only yesterday. I put it to the team in the newsroom and I got a... Sickened is the best word I could say when one of my colleagues, Chloe Farrell, said, oh, that's the year I was born. Such a design. You kind of say to yourself, wow, it's hard to believe it was that long ago. But I remember the day it started. It was the 10th of June and Brazil beat Scotland 2-1 in the very first game of France 98. The World Cup had started, so a bit of a distraction at the time. But look, at I got through it. Did I end up doing what I wanted to do and where did I end up? Yes, certainly different. At the time, I would not have thought I'd be presenting a show on the radio, but uh, here I am. Um, so to find out how other people found the whole process, I'm delighted to be joined by a trio of fantastic business people. I have in studio with me Colin Donnery, the Groove Chief Executive Officer at FRS Network. Colin, good evening. Good evening, Ronan. When you hear the leave insert on tomorrow, does it bring back any memories or have you kind of blanked it out and moved on? Totally blanked it out, Ronan, <laughs> completely. Or do you want to declare when you did yours? Was it more than long? Just further back than A few mine? years before yours, okay, Ronan. Okay. Yeah. Just a couple. Only a few, I'd a imagine, couple. as well, yeah. Um, I'm also joined by Neve Dooley, uh, the co-founder of Be A Sol and More. Very good evening, Neve. Oh, sorry, I put up the wrong button. Neve, good evening. Hi, how are you? Yeah, I didn't do the course for my leave insert on which button to put up as well. <laughs> Neve, um, I'm going to hazard a guess. You probably did yours a little bit sooner in, 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 in um, the not so recent past, I'd say. A little bit sooner. Um, mine would have been 11 years ago. Oh, OK, so you have yeah, a while ago. And uh, finally, our, my third person this evening mm-hmm. is uh, Ray Carlin, Lakeland Kayaks in Mullingar. Ray, did you do the leave insert at all? I did indeed, yeah, I did. I'm proud to say I did indeed. And that was back in 2000, actually. So I'm, I'm not too far behind you guys. I think it was 23 years ago now. Holy God. No, but it doesn't, it, it seems to fly by. What do you remember about the time, Ray? I re- oh, myself, well, I, look, I remember, I look back and I just, hear, I just think of sports at the time. I was just, uh, I was just immersed in sports. So in, in, in all honesty, I probably didn't understand the value of the leaving cert in connection with sports and stuff like that at the time. I was just more interested in improving my sprinting, improving my, my football skills, than actually worried about the points at the time. Now, that was a bit of naivety, of course, on my part, because when I did go to college, then after that, I did realise that, look, going to a good college and joining a good sports team and, and a good football team, college team, can then, of course, enhance your chances of probably playing senior football and all that for county and all that kind of thing. But I do, look, I suppose academically, the, 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 the curriculum in the school at the time probably didn't take my, my interest massively, a lot of the subjects. So uh, I would have been more on the creative side of things, uh, art and that kind of thing and sports. So, What did you choose to do post-leave insert? Co- well, from a college post-leave insert, I went and done studied product design in Carlo IT at the time. And uh, so that led, me, that led me down many, many different paths then after that. Uh, so it's a pretty much product design. So you were basically designing, designing any type of products from from concept through to through to delivering the product and marketing the product and stuff. So it does have direct influence on in what I'm doing today to a degree. Absolutely. But at the same time, there's a lot of paths that have weaved and crossed and and different directions since then. In fairness, so and a lot of and a lot of failures as well. So. 
by all means, the leading service and the be all and end all. There's no question about that. Absolutely. Neve Dooley, what would you say like that? You know, to your own re- recollection of, of that time 11 years ago, as we, you know, we all sat there with that exam and there seemed to be a lot of pressure and certainly a lot of focus on it. It's been a you know, huge thing all across the media. What do you remember about it? And you know, what did you choose to do then college wise? And how has that lent itself to what you're doing at the minute? Yeah, so I suppose it's at the time it's the biggest thing in your life, you know, back back then and the pressure's on and it's a stressful situation, but everyone will get through it and we've all got through it. Um, I suppose personally, uh, my favourite subjects were home economics, biology. Um, I took up ag science actually outside of school um, and they were the only subjects I really had any interest in. Um, so they were the ones I did the best in. <laughs> And that's quite but interesting, just, given given what BSL now do. It's almost uh, like you you had an inkling, maybe what what subjects might just lend themselves to a future career. Yeah, I, de- I definitely think for any young people that they should just follow what they're interested in. I know there might be pressure from family members or aunties telling them, you know, you should go this career path because it's secure, etc. But really, at the end of the day, follow what you're interested in because that really led me. To starting up BSL and upcycling food byproducts. Wow, that's a, it's incredible. And if anybody checks you out, you know, BSL.ie, they'll just see, you know, the range of those products as well, really using those spent grains to create them into highly nutritious flours and um, and other foods too. Colin Donnery, would you kind of concur with Neve and, and Ray and saying that sometimes, you know, if you, you follow what you want to do as well, and you'd have great insight in this from a sort of careers perspective at the FRS Recruitment Group? Yeah, I, um, so... I'm not the model to follow in terms of your leaving cert, right? That's the first thing. So I I barely picked up a pen for probably the six years I was in uh, school, but um, maybe not from a work perspective, but what I was probably good at was exams, right? So I sort of understood the sort of, the technical sort of way of scoring and exams and timing and all that sort of stuff. But I think anyone out there doing the leaving cert tonight or parents worrying about their kids, like, Probably, I would say, I've interviewed thousands upon thousands of people over the years and probably about 5% of people end up actually doing what they set out to do in the first place. So we're all, like it's a very winding path and everyone's going to end up where they want to get to. Most, look, lads 17 and girls 17, 18 don't know what they want to do. People think they know what they're going to do and they're getting influenced, right? And But it's harder nowadays to know because I would say if I go back to 1998, there was kind of a couple of almost pre- prescribed routes. There was kind of construction, mm. medicine, law. Nowadays, it is an absolute minefield, as I say. Like, we don't know what jobs people will be doing in five years' time. Yeah, so, uh, and I think what happens is, so you'll get the people who score high tomorrow or after the leaving cert, you get people in the middle and you get people down the low end. But nowadays, there's an awful lot more parachutes and safety nets for people than there was back when I did it. Like, typically, you were either going to college or you weren't going to college in 91, right? So now you've got ETBs, you've the technical universities, you've apprenticeships, you've got a huge amount of different avenues for people. So people, there's absolutely zero point in, in, in worrying about it and you'll end up really where you where you want to get mm, to in, in yeah. a roundabout way. From, from my own know. perspective, I didn't get, say, the first course I wanted, mm. but I ended up going the kind of diploma route before my degree. And I have to say it stood to me hands down because of the practical yeah. experience. I think your piece there around 
how to answer exam questions. That's something I really only twigged in later years. And yeah, I, I, I'll be yeah. the first to admit that um, it's a huge piece of advice for people, you know, and actually I teach that as part of um, work I do now in the, in the college, um, that to, to read the question and answer what's been put in front of you. And sometimes that message is important to get across. Neve, um, if you had a piece of advice to give students for tomorrow, one thing, what, what would you tell them to do? Um, definitely get some sleep. <laughs> Easy good breakfast if you can, if the butterflies aren't uh, too bad. Uh, you need fuel for your brain to answer the questions. Stay hydrated, it's warm out there. So I suppose from a, a food nutrition point of view, um, fuel your body and your mind over the next week and a half or however long it is for you. And mind yourself, get out into the fresh air if you can. Um, cramming if you really need to but definitely get your get some sleep Absolutely yeah there's nothing new, so sometimes that, that bit of last minute study can just help as well you know provided you've had the crown work done as well thanks for that Neve. Ray um, Neve has just mentioned about you know getting outside getting some fresh air no better person to do that than yourself as well um, any words of advice you'd give students for tomorrow Yeah similar to similar to that I, I would just like obviously hydration is a huge thing as well because like, the, the brain does operate on a lot of water so that actually is a key thing and I guess it's just to, to be kind to yourselves and, and kind of just don't be overly hard on yourselves and put yourselves under too much pressure because, like, at the end of the day, completing the leading start itself is an achievement. And if you, don't, if, you, if you achieve above what you want, if you achieve what you want, if you don't get what you want, at the end of the day, it's going to stand to you. Like, because we know when people come in the door to interview for us, when we see that they've done the leading start, it's a testament to, to the person that they've stuck it out, they've done it, they've tried their best, and it's a good kind of um, it's a good signal to the kind of person they are in in their work work ethic and stuff. So I think that's pretty much it. Just be easier on yourself. Do your best. Get a bit of last minute study in the course, but just look fresh brain, plenty of water. Thanks a million. <laughs> Thanks a million, Ray. Now, and my final question: You've about thirty seconds on this. How's the training going for the big event, the rising that you're training for? You're going to kayak the full length of the River Shannon. Yeah, it's going great now. We're really up in the pace now. Brezzy, Paul, all the boys, Colin, Dav, we're all flying. Uh, the fundraising is going really as well. We all have individual GoFundMe pages because obviously the name of the game is to raise funds for a lust for life. So that's what all this noise is about. But look, it's turned out to be a great, 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 uh, great uh, event. Um, we had the RNLI down giving a safety briefing and we have... Um, we're in the workings of documenting as much of this as possible as well through video. So, look, I would, again, shout out to any local businesses, of course, that would like to get on board. They will get a, they'll get a decent shout out through all the social media platforms and uh, especially Brezzy's big reach on social. You get a good mention if any businesses want to come on and support us for life. Fantastic. And all the very best with it, Ray, and we look forward to getting some updates on that as well. Colin Donnery, back to you for the final word. Uh, yeah. You'd never thought back in 1991 you'd be chief executive of the FRS network, did you? No, <laughs> definitely, definitely not. But I think just some of the people to keep in mind tomorrow, stress is your enemy tomorrow. That's the number one thing. And if you can get to the school early, chill out, don't be hanging around, don't be looking at social media, driving yourself crackers. Read the paper, right? Every question on the paper before you start, because what happens is your brain actually works in the background while you're doing the other questions and um, bring a watch or have a clock or have something that gives you that timing because lots of schools don't have clocks. So. Absolutely. Just be prepared. Be ready. Listen to everybody, to the 61,000 people who start tomorrow. All the very best of luck. Hopefully uh, the three uh, contributors this evening give you 
some level of satisfaction that you know that look it will be fine do your best and uh, there's always plenty of other avenues time for me to go now just to say thank you to all tonight's contributors thanks to Colin Donnery for coming in and to Neve Dooley and Ray Carlin there very best tomorrow I'll be back next week at 7 Joe Cooney's here next after 8 o'clock with the news or with uh, Country Roads talk to you all next week Business returns next Tuesday at 7pm with the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmeath find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business